you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's episode of Locked On Mizzou, well, we've got obviously we've got a scout Mississippi State, the basketball team, a big game for the Tiger Hoop squad tonight down in Starkville. Got to talk about that, but you know what? First, there's a lot of football news and notes to get into before that, including I have a, a good listener, a, a, a consistent listener of the show who's worried if Missouri has a wide receiver problem going forward in the future. So I want to address that. But first, obviously, probably got to start with Ryan Walters, right? Turns out the Missouri defensive coordinator has apparently, according to multiple sources, been interviewed for the defensive coordinator job at Illinois. Yes, Brett Bielema, former coach at Wisconsin and Arkansas, reportedly interviewed Ryan Walters among a couple other candidates for that defensive coordinator job just recently. And, well, I guess if you're a Missouri fan, what do you think about that? It seems like the reaction is pretty similar to mine, which is I don't necessarily want to see Ryan Walters kicked out the door, but I can't say I'd be crying a huge amount of tears if he did. And I imagine that's how Eli Drinkwitz feels about it as well. Because if you think about it, this past season, this 2020 campaign, Ryan Walters was basically left alone to run that defense and make it his own. And while I think Ryan did a pretty darn good job his first two seasons in 18 and 19 as Missouri's full-time defensive coordinator, the sole defensive coordinator after being a co-defensive coordinator there for about a season and a half, you know, the results were pretty good. I think that 2018 defense was was pretty darn solid. And the 2019 defense, frankly, better than it looked on paper. It's hard to play good defense when your offense gives you no chance to stay off of the field and recover. But really, other than the satisfying victory over Kentucky, where we held a suspect Wildcat offense to 10 points, and of course the shutout against Vanderbilt, and then throw one more in there, right, in Columbia East, holding South Carolina to 10 points in a victory. Well, frankly, other than that, there wasn't a lot to ride home about with the Tiger defense. Obviously, Alabama up 35-3 to at halftime on Missouri. Tennessee, that was probably the peak of Tennessee's season, and famously, Missouri absolutely could not stop a fourth and short situation to save themselves in that game. LSU, obviously the offense, mostly won that game, but you know Walters was trusted to let his defense run the, run the game out without calling a timeout, and, and it ended up paying off with a huge goal line stand by Nick Bolton and Josh Bledsoe and, and the guys. But the last three games in particular, the wheels really came off. Nothing good happened defensively for Missouri against Arkansas, Georgia, or Mississippi State, but obviously there's some injury excuses that you can make there. But, you know, overall it was just obviously an up-and-down season for Ryan Walters in the defense, but if you're being perfectly objective, you'd have to say 
there were more downs than ups. So now again, it's a it's a weird 2020 season. Plenty of opt outs, plenty of of depth concerns, but at the same time, well, who helped? Who who was the who was in charge of recruiting a lot of these guys? Well, it was Ryan Walters and this whole staff. So I think at the end of the day. For the most part this season, I thought schematically, I thought Walters did a fairly decent job with what he had out on the field. But at the same time, the men that you put on the field, well, that's on you too. So again, like I'm imagining Eli Drinkwitz is probably not 100% bought in on Ryan Walters at this point, having worked with him for just one year. Well, I'm kind of there too. So if Ryan and his family decide that they need to move on to Champaign, Illinois, well, I'll wish them the best, and I'll be a little bit disappointed, but at the same time, I'll be looking forward to see what Mizzou and Eli does when Eli gets to pick his own defensive coordinator. And speaking of that Tiger defense next season, well, regardless of who is running it, we know that some members of that defensive line and in the secondary are certainly returning, taking advantage of that free season, guys who would have been seniors this year and exhausted their eligibility. Guys like on the defensive line, Akeel Byers, Markel Utzi, and just to clean something up from my previous episode with Blake, Kobe Whiteside, it still appears that he's going to come back. At least to me, he didn't He didn't go through the senior ceremonies, and, and neither did wide receiver Micah Wilson, by the way, either. But with either one of those young men, Nothing official yet, so we'll just have to wait and see with Kobe Whiteside and and Micah Wilson, but obviously receiver Kiki Chisholm coming back, punter Grant McKinnis, center Michael Maietti, along with, again, on the defensive line, Markel Utzi, linebacker Jamal Brooks, and safety Mason Pack. So I just want to share I got all those names in there officially. And there's actually a couple more names to tell you about, and first of all, Senior running back Dawson Downing has decided to use his extra year of eligibility. He's going to return to the Tigers. But on the other hand, receiver Damon Hazleton played just one year with the Tigers, has decided to test the waters in the NFL draft instead of returning to Mizzou in 2021. So best of luck to Damon Hazleton. But obviously, that's a bit of a blow to the depth for, for Missouri's potential 2021 offense. And well, it begs the question a little bit, doesn't it? Does Missouri have a problem? Most importantly, does this program in the future have a problem at the wide receiver position? And I do want to talk about that and, of course, scouting the Mississippi State basketball team. But first, I got to hit betonline.ag. And with the Tigers giving two points tonight in Starkville, they're minus 140 on the money line total is 135 well if you have any interest in any of those numbers that i just threw at you from betonline.ag well obviously that's exactly where you need to go because at betonline.ag they're giving our listeners just an absolutely incredible bonus sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on and you will get a 50% welcome bonus honestly I don't know how you can't take that deal it's almost too good to be true 
But it is true. That's the best part. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And again, don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, I was just listening to Locked On Bets yesterday with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. And Lee just had some really simple advice, and that was this. As the week goes along, money tends to drift towards the favorites. So if you like the favorites, bet them early, and you'll get a better number. But if you like the underdog, well, wait until almost the last second. Wait until right before the game, because the lines tend to balloon just a tiny bit. And that half a point, that point, that two points that you might get by waiting and just timing your bets, well, that can be the difference between a lot of wins and losses. So check out Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, as far as the Missouri wide receiver room goes, and, well, just as importantly, its depth chart, into the future and its outlook at the wide receiver position. Well, obviously Missouri got a big boon for next season when Kiki Chisholm decided to come back. You know what? It felt like he and Damon Hazleton started to settle in as the year as the year progressed. But obviously Damon Hazleton has decided not to come back next season. So you're looking at, I think, Kiki Chisholm, Jalen Knox probably locked in as starters. Chisholm is one of the outside receivers. Knox going to play on the inside in the slot. I think Barrett Bannister still is obviously going to have a role as a slot receiver on this team as well. But you know what? That leaves a third boundary receiver that is frankly a big question mark at this point. No doubt about it. And while I wasn't expecting Jay Macklin or... J.J. Hester or Chris Abrams Drain or Chance Looper, any of those freshman, true freshman wide receivers last season, I wasn't expecting any of them to carry the load for the Missouri offense by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact that none of those four guys, maybe with the, the slight exception of Chance Looper, he had definitely had a moment in the LSU game, but those guys basically didn't see the field this year. And I think in particular, in particular, if you follow recruiting, J.J. Hester, it was a big deal to flip him from UCLA, and he was one of our highest-ranked recruits. So the fact that he, for all intents and purposes, didn't see the field last season other than maybe a handful of snaps, well, that, that obviously doesn't make you bullish that one of those guys can emerge as a starter, even a productive option for 2021. So having said that, I think it is pretty obvious that Missouri, like it did this past season when it got Chisholm and Hazleton, I think you can expect them to be looking into the grad transfer market once again this offseason. Now Jalen Knox has played the outside receiver position before, but as we saw last year, it just wasn't particularly effective in at least that the Derek Dooley offense. So who knows? Maybe Jalen Knox can move around a little bit. Maybe Bannister will play in the slot more. But I will say just for the future, when it, when it comes to the future, again, I think the lack of depth there is an important thing to, to note and recognize. But you also have to 
include the tight ends into the pass catchers too because you know a guy I haven't talked as much about lately in terms of recruiting is Ryan Horstcamp from Washington Missouri tight end big six foot four six foot five kid frankly I think he's athletic athletic enough from what I've seen on film and just looking at his production I think he could play defensive end as well so it sounds like he's going to be a tight end though and just his tight end skills, I'm telling you, that kid may have an NFL future just based on what I've seen. He's got the potential. Let's put it that way. I'm not putting him in Canton just yet. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm telling you, I really, really like him as a player. And, well, maybe my love for, for Tyler Macon has overshadowed Horst Camp a little bit because I think that kid's got something special. So you include him. You include Gavin McKay. Another good tight end prospect as a receiver. But then, okay, I think that's why getting Dominique Levette out of East St. Louis, why being able to flip him from Arizona State this past couple months, why that was such a huge deal. Because, again, as as I've gone over in this segment, there aren't a lot of obvious answers for Missouri at receiver right now. Now, as for 2022, the best wide receiver in the country is still in the St. Louis area, and it's Luther Burden. And while he is a soft verbal commitment to Oklahoma at the moment, I wouldn't give up on Eli Drinkwitz and his ability to close just yet. And again, while listener Tom has expressed some real reservations about the future of this wide receiver class and the recruiting, for me... Again, and Dominique Levette proves this out. I personally, if you want to follow every step of recruiting, go right ahead. I personally don't find a lot of value in it until kids are are truly verbally committed. They're truly, at, at the very least, they're verbally committed. I'll at least do a segment on them then. But for me, until Missouri has signed a guy or has at least gotten a verbal commitment. I'm not going to really get that excited about anything, but I will tell you that for 2022, Missouri does appear to be in on a, quite a few four-star level prospects of that position. Now, will they get any of them? And will even if they get them, will they be productive as college players? Well, that all obviously remains to be seen. I guess my point is, is I'm just not ready to start to start panicking yet, but you know what, Tom – your concern is certainly noted and certainly something to keep an eye on going forward in the next year or so. And of course, I still want to talk about this Mississippi State basketball game tonight, specifically scouting those Bulldogs. But first, I got to tell you about rockauto.com, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers that includes everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for the interior. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you could possibly need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And that rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write locked on 
in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And in case you missed it, news that's been speculated for some time now, the entire 2021 NCAA men's basketball tournament is going to take place in Indiana with the majority of the games taking place in Indianapolis. Most of the games are going to be two courts in Lucas Oil Stadium, plus arenas at Ball State, Butler, Purdue, IUPUI, and even in Bloomington at IU. So just interesting to note there, kind of a little mini bubble for the NCAA tournament. But you know what? Specifically, let's get to the Tiger basketball team. And, well, Conzo Martin has not had a whole lot of luck so far in his Missouri tenure against Ben Howland with just one victory against four losses. And maybe one of the reasons this has been somewhat of a tough matchup for the Tigers during the Conzo era is that, well, the Bulldogs under Ben Howland like to do some of the same stuff that Missouri does, and that's in particular, they play really hard, tough defense, and they rebound the basketball. Ben Howland certainly likes his big guys. And this team is no exception, despite the fact that it lost C.J. Perry. You might remember him. He was a really, really productive player for the Bulldogs. He's off to the land of pro basketball, along with Tyson Carter, another really productive player, and Nick Weatherspoon, another player you probably remember. Frankly, when I watched Mississippi State against Kentucky this past weekend, the Bulldogs went down in double overtime, by the way. I ended up being pretty impressed, especially with their starters anyway. Now, their actual the depth on the bench, I, I can't really speak to that as much. But their main crew, their main core of players, not too shabby. Because, again, even without C.J. Perry, they bring back Abdul Adu. You may remember him from last season. Just a really big, tough, thick dude who can block shots, rebound his butt off, and he's also developed into apparently a really good vocal leader, especially on the defensive end of the court. You know, he's sort of you know grown into that role over his seasons at Mississippi State, I would say. Also, Tolu Smith, another strong, about six foot ten, rebounding, space eating type player. He replaces some of what Perry gave them, at least in terms of clogging the paint and being a good defender. Transfer from Western Kentucky, but certainly not the offensive player that Perry was by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what? This team has maybe become a little bit more guard oriented in the wake of Perry's departure. DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar, a couple sophomores, off to just really, really hot starts for the Bulldogs. I think both are hitting over 45% from the three-point line. And those two, along with 
Jalen Johnson, who's a redshirt senior and a transfer guy, played his first two years at St. Louis, believe it or not, and then one year at Louisiana before playing this final year here at Mississippi State. The the well-traveled Jalen Johnson, he's a good shooter too. And honestly, if you're a Sloop fan, you're probably wondering, gee, this this uh, top 15, maybe quality squad might have even been a little bit better with old Jalen there. But that's three good guards along with you know a couple really physical interior defenders. I tell you, I think this Mississippi State team, after watching them a little bit, I think they might be somewhat underrated. I might even like this team a tiny bit better than what they had last year. It just seems like the parts maybe all fit together nicely, and maybe just with the emergence of Stewart and Iverson Molinar, you know, the two sophomore guards, got that experience as freshmen. It seems like they're taking that big leap as sophomores so far this year. Now, I think both of their shooting numbers, really the whole team's three-point shooting numbers so far, probably a little bit unsustainable. So, But at the same time, I think these guys look really comfortable and confident and I was surprised, sort of pleasantly surprised, at least from the Bulldogs' perspective, about how solid this team looked. Now, again, Kentucky was 1-6 going into that game, so them winning down in Starkville, you might think that's almost a black mark against the Bulldogs. But listen, we, we all know Kentucky is probably going to round into form one of these days. And, and quite honestly, while I'm, I haven't run the numbers nationally or anything, one thing I've noticed, there's been a lot of road wins in the SEC so far. Not a huge surprise, I guess, right? The, the cr- home crowds are just not what they used to be, but it's been even more extreme than I've thought so far. I mean, look no further than Missouri and Tennessee. You know, the road team has won in all of those two teams' games so far. Kentucky just won down in Starkville. You know, I've just noticed that home court hasn't really meant a whole lot so far this season. Shouldn't be a big surprise, but definitely the trend has gone that way so far. And speaking of trends, it wasn't just Eric Musselman who was ejected on Saturday. John Calipari got tossed out of that Mississippi State game as well. So maybe maybe the refs are hearing more or maybe tolerating less because the fans can hear what you're yelling at them. I don't know. Another thing to keep keep in mind is that maybe technical fouls are going to be up a little bit this season, but also another thing, maybe in the Bulldogs' favor, if you actually watch that Kentucky game closely, again, the Wildcats pulled it out in double overtime. There was a kid for Kentucky, Dante Hill, who had had who had played 20 minutes the entire year and made two field goals before Saturday. Well, he scored 23 points and hit seven threes in that game. So the Wildcats really needed a very unusual performance to win that game, so Honestly, Mississippi State could easily be 2-0, and 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 frankly, at the beginning of the season, I think I was too dismissive of their chances to actually contend for, if not the league title, certainly a top-four spot and a two-day bye in the SEC tournament. Really, the two numbers I'm going to focus on at the end of this game and, and for however it plays out, I think rebounding is going to be a huge factor. Missouri out-rebounded. Arkansas by a pretty significant margin in their previous game in Mississippi State you know that's one of their calling cards as well if Missouri can just hang on the glass maybe make it somewhat even I think that gives them a, a good shot 
at victory without a doubt. And finally, Sam Snelling over at Rock M Nation had an interesting stat in one of his recent pieces. You guys know I've been focusing a little bit on Xavier Pinson's usage rate, essentially the amount of times that he has the ball and finishes the possession. Well, according to Snelling, Pinson's usage rate was below 30% for just the second time this season. That was against Arkansas, and the other occasion was against Illinois. And those are probably Missouri's two best wins so far. Certainly, certainly Illinois is the best. Arkansas up there with Oregon for sure. So interesting to see that. Maybe just a little bit, and I mean ever so slightly less of Pinson finishing every possession. But a part of it, though, too, is in those two games, he didn't have a lot of turnovers. I think three combined in those two outings. So maybe that's ultimately what keeps the usage rate down is just don't those few giveaways, just cut those out and everything just looks a little bit more efficient for the Tigers and for Pinson. So you know what? Honestly, I'm I'm worried about this game. Missouri, a two point favorite on the road. Again, road not the biggest thing in the world, but still I wouldn't touch that line. I'm, I'm just too worried about it. I don't think Missouri should be giving points on the road against a quality team like Mississippi State. I just think I think the margin's going to be pretty close. And frankly, if Missouri pulls this one off tonight, I'm going to feel a lot better about this season going forward. I'm telling you, this Bulldog team is is not one to sleep on. And so, with all that being said, you should never sleep on this podcast as well. And I'll be back as soon as I can with a recap of this basketball game, no matter what happens. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.